0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. I can be found on Twitter, at FFKnowItAll. I have an interesting show for you today. We're going to take a look at some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. I will profile 12 players, four in each category, and I will let you know the reasons why I feel the way that I do about why you should or shouldn't take them in your upcoming fantasy drafts. There might just be a few surprises on this list, so make sure you listen closely. I do want to give you guys an update. The website is fully underway. I hope to have it released by the beginning of the year. I certainly will have it done before the first few games are over. Uh, I will also, as I mentioned in the previous podcasts, I will be launching a radio program. It will air 9 to 11 p.m. every Friday night on Meridian 524 Radio. I will give you the link. I will supply that via Twitter. So make sure you guys are following me on Twitter. You can even send me an email if you want. I'll be happy to send along the link. Be sure to check it out. I plan on adding some different elements to the radio show that uh, you guys will enjoy. So like I said, make sure you check it out. And certainly uh, hit me up and let me know what you think after you do. Now before we get into the nuts and bolts of the podcast, I want to tell you guys about another podcast that I listen to quite frequently. You've heard me talk about it before. It's called the Morning Smoke CLT. Join my man, G. He covers a vast array of topics that are not only near and dear to his own heart, but we all can relate to in one way or another. If you are like me and you enjoy relaxing with a beverage or perhaps a smoke or whatever, the Morning Smoke CLT is for you. Trust me, friends, you will not want to miss it. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that podcasts can be found. Once again, the name of the show is The Morning Smoke CLT. You can also follow G on Instagram. He's at The Morning Smoke CLT. Make sure you guys give the show a listen. You will not regret it. Now let's go ahead and hop right into the sleepers. At number one, we have a quarterback who missed all of last season basically with an injury, and there are a lot of question marks. He's starting with a new team under a one-year contract. If you haven't figured it out by now, of course, I am talking about Cam Newton. I cannot understand why there is no love for Cam after he signed a one-year deal uh, with the New England Patriots. He's had plenty of time to heal, and he's only 31 years old. Has he lost a step? Perhaps. But if he is healthy, he will still run quite a bit and should do very well in the short yardage passing game, which suits New England's offensive play style. Bill Belichick will find a way to get the most out of Cam Newton. He's got an incentive-laden contract. He is also looking to sign a long-term deal, whether it be with New England after the season or with somebody else. Uh, he's, like I said, he's only 31 years old. He's got a lot to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And let me tell you something this nonsense that Jared Stidham could start in Cam's place is a lot of fluff and nonsense. Newton offers rushing yards with a chance of scoring a touchdown on the ground every single week. He's a much more dynamic player. You put the two of those together, and I don't really understand how there's even a controversy here. Again, it's New England. Anything is possible but I don't see a chance where Cam Newton is not the starter for the Patriots come opening day. Now, as I mentioned earlier, he's capable on the ground, but he is also just as able to rack up touchdowns and yardage through the air. Is he the most accurate passer in the world? No, he is not. You don't have to be in New England's offense. He'll be dumping off to the running backs. He'll be hitting Edelman over the middle. He'll be making use of some of the other short yardage targets that they have. At quarterback number 19 overall, you could do a whole lot worse. And I'll tell you right now, he will not finish as the number 19 quarterback if he plays a 16-game season under healthy conditions expect a top 12 finish from Cam Newton for fantasy purposes now I want to talk about a couple of running backs Uh, the first Latavius Murray every season Murray is undervalued as a fantasy asset he's overshadowed by the dynamic Alvin Kamara which is understandable Kamara offers so many tools especially as a pass catcher which Murray offers no value as a receiver whatsoever that said, the Saints have a history of incorporating a successful 1 2 punch in their running game. He also remains, perhaps anyway, the most valuable handcuff in all of fantasy. He has standalone value as a flex option with Kamara in the lineup, but he immediately becomes a must start fringe RB1, RB2 should anything ever happen to Alvin Kamara. Last year, he had 637 yards and five touchdowns, which is not something that's going to light the world on fire. But he is always a threat to run it in at the goal line. If you get that from your flex or an RB2, should you have loaded up at other positions throughout the draft, then you'll take that every time. He's not exciting, not in the least. But at running back number 42, he doesn't cost you really anything and he should outperform his draft position yet again this year. Next, I want to talk about David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears. Last season, Montgomery finished with better rushing numbers than Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, and Alvin Kamara. Of course, all of those guys figured to be more involved in the passing game for their prospective teams. However... They all have question marks as opposed to how, uh, what their role will be, who's going to be sharing time with them, usage, and in, in some other cases, health. With the possible exception of Drake, who will, should be the three-down back out there in Arizona, Montgomery is a clear-cut back in Chicago. He's a better pass catcher than he's given credit for. And yes, I understand that Tariq Cohen is there. And he is the pass catching back. But he is terrible between the tackles. He is not going to take any rushing attempts away from Montgomery. Montgomery will get the the short yardage work. He'll get the goal line work. He'll get the bulk of the carries. And as I said, he had good numbers last year from a rushing perspective. Not to mention... All of those guys I mentioned earlier, uh, Kamara, Drake, Sanders, Gurley, and Bell, are all going way in front of Montgomery. So that's something else to look at. In regards to ADP, that really is what I consider a sleeper. He's going way late in your draft, and you can take him and put him as your running back, too, and not even think about it. So David Montgomery is my number three sleeper. Now... For the last sleeper I have here, I had. Get ready to plug your nose because my head is still spinning from thinking about it and even writing it down. That, my friends, is Corey Davis. I know what you're thinking. This guy has done nothing but fail since coming into the league with all of that hype. And that's true. But Corey Davis meets all the criteria of what we call a post-hype sleeper. If you need to know what a post-hype sleeper is, just look at Devontae Parker. He's a prime example. What a post-hype sleeper is, is a player who has underperformed consistently after building up the hype train year after year, expecting the breakout. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, and it never comes. They have very little appeal after disappointing for so many years in a row, and they often go undrafted or very late in drafts, and then they pop. I really believe that Corey Davis has the potential to be fantasy-relevant on a much-improved Tennessee Titans offense. They have Ryan Tannehill for a full 16 games this year. And I mentioned this before. There was never a question of talent in regards to Corey Davis. His usage when Marcus Mariota was there under Matt LaFleur in, in most cases was questionable at best. The emergence of A.J. Brown i actually feel helps davis he can utilize his skills better and maybe transition to maybe he can't transition to what we had hoped he would be but he can be far more productive than he has been he won't be a top 10 wide receiver at least i don't see any any scenario where that happens however he is basically free and he will not damage your team if it doesn't work out you just cut him and forget about it you wouldn't be starting him in the beginning of the season anyway but he's worth a speculative ad depending on how big your bench is for wide receiver depth and if ever anything were to happen to A.J. Brown he has the talent to emerge as the number one guy in that Tennessee offense something to keep in mind always look for that opportunity upside is huge and upside is key if you're not drafting for upside you're going to be destined to fail if you draft all your players with a safe floor sure, you could get you, you could compete, but in, in the playoffs and when you get to that stretch run toward the end of the year, you want guys that are going to pop. I'm not saying Corey Davis will, but he has an opportunity and he has the talent. Just something to keep in mind. Now, my first breakout is actually a guy that I had slotted to be amongst the busts, but that was before something really noteworthy happened uh, last week and that is Damian Williams opting out due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This makes Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a first-round rookie, the clear-cut number one back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Even if Williams had remained on the team and was still in the mix, there was a chance that Edwards-Hilaire would make this a true timeshare and have some, really some good value down the stretch. Now... He's going to be the number one guy on this Chiefs offense from the get-go. Patrick Mahomes has talked about the fact that he wanted uh, Edwards-Alaire on the team. Andy Reid, despite everything, doesn't really go with a timeshare. He rides the hot hand. He's going to have every opportunity to be this number one guy for this offense. So I'm expecting a breakout. A few years back, you had the same thing from Kareem Hunt when Spencer Ware went down in the offseason. Hunt started that that first game against the Patriots, and it was lights out from there. You can expect a similar situation here. A breakout will happen. It's just a matter of how big of a breakout. So, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is my number one breakout heading into the 2020 season. He is immediately a top... If he's not a first-round pick, he's an early second-round pick, because there are some guys like Joe Mixon that I like better than Edwards-Alaire, but I think I would put uh, Edwards-Alaire in front of Kenyon Drake or right around the Kenyon Drake-ish type draft position, which would make it early second round at least for me. Next, Calvin Ridley. Last season, Ridley really put his abilities on display. He totaled 866 yards and 7 touchdowns in a Falcons offense that suffered from not only a weak running game but an off-season from quarterback Matt Ryan. With Todd Gurley on board, That should open up the passing game a little bit more as I do expect Gurley to play and I do expect Gurley to be healthy. Ryan is also looking to continue his streak of on-again, off-again performances. He always follows up a bad year with a top-five performance. So I'm expecting that again, quite honestly. He's coming off a down season. He's rocked and ready to go and this is a loaded offense. Ridley is super talented. He has a great route-running ability and... In a tough NFC South, the Falcons are going to have to throw the ball if they're going to compete for a division title. Even with Julio Jones being the main guy in this receiving game, Ridley still should improve upon last year's numbers, which were very good, and he could very well catapult into the top 10. I am targeting Ridley everywhere I can this season, especially at his current ADP, which is somewhere around the mid-4th to early-5th round. Yes, Please sign me up. Next is another guy that I've talked to a little bit I uh, talked about a little bit on previous podcasts, and the more I think about it, the more I like him. And that is Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. As a rookie last year, Murray started off slow in King and Cliff Kingsbury's offense. That was to be expected. I was legitimately concerned though that he wasn't even going to cut it as an NFL quarterback, whether it be for fantasy or other purposes. As the season progressed, however, he came into his own, and he showed what he was capable of. His passing numbers from 2019 hardly jump off the page as anything amazing. 3,700 yards and 20 TDs. He did throw 12 interceptions as well. So depending on your league settings, interceptions can really hurt your team from a fantasy perspective. So just keep that in mind. That all said... He contributed over 500 yards, rushing, and four scores on the ground. The addition of DeAndre Hopkins will only help him in the passing game and with his numbers. Uh, Touchdowns will go up. Uh, I also think there's going to be rushing yard increase with him as he becomes more comfortable in his role. So I expect all of his numbers to improve across the board. I'm bullish on Murray. I like this Arizona offense as well. I project him to finish as the number three quarterback in fantasy behind only Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Fire up Kyler Murray if you can get him. This is his breakout season. Another quarterback I want to talk about is Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Anyone who has listened to me over the past three years can tell you that in the 2018 draft, I had him scouted better than Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen. I still buy into his skill set. He's improved his accuracy. He took a huge step forward last year. Like Kyler Murray, his passing totals are not going to knock your socks off. That said, he didn't have that much to work with. Uh, sure, John Brown looked good at times, and Cole Beasley put up decent numbers out of the slot, but that was really about it. The Bills traded for a bona fide rot- route runner. And uh, in Stefan Diggs, and that should open things up even more in the passing game. He's more confident, uh, Allen is. He's looking downfield more, and if he has two speedsters, one on each side, he's going to fire that ball downfield. And if his accuracy improves even more, that could lead to a lot of big plays. He's an exciting player to watch. He had over 500 rushing yards and nine touchdowns on the ground. That's only a few behind Lamar Jackson, for those of you keeping score at home. And that should put things into perspective for you on how I feel Allen could break out this year. He is a true dual-threat quarterback playing in a terrible division. I mentioned this with Cam Newton. There's not there, There's not a lot of competition in that division, so Josh Allen is primed and ready to, in my mind, jump inside the top six, um, maybe even higher than that. And now we'll move on to busts, and no, Miles Sanders is not one of them. He almost made the cut, but I decided not to do it. I will start with a running back, though, as my number one bust, and that's Austin Eckler. There's a lot to like about Eckler. He will be seemingly inheriting the role vacated by Melvin Gordon while maintaining his position as the pass-catching back for the Chargers. This all looks good on paper, but I have a hard time believing that Justin Jackson will just become an afterthought. While it's true... Jackson has seen very limited action in his two-year career. But that's with two very good running backs ahead of him on the depth chart. Jackson is very elusive and looks great on film, and I believe he can make things happen. Eckler is also very good. I'm not disputing that. However, I expect Los Angeles to employ the same two-back system that they have always put on the field. Perhaps Eckler gets the better end of a 65-35 split? That's still not good enough to have him, to, to make him a value at the late end of the first round. And that's where he's getting drafted, folks. No thanks. This has bust written all over it. I'm staying far away from Austin Eckler at this draft position. Next, I want to head down to Dallas and talk about uh, Amari Cooper. <sighs> he's thought of by many as the number one wide receiver on the Cowboys. And sure, yeah, that's probably the case. That said, he is currently being drafted as the 10th wide receiver off the board. This is one of the more infamous boomer bust guys that you will find in the NFL. Some weeks, he'll carry your team. I I had him on my team a few years ago, and I lost a championship because of it. He got me 30 points one week, and I, I think it was four points the next week. That's always been the way it is. He will... Like I said, he'll carry your team one week and then break your heart with a goose egg the next. Michael Gallup is set to take a huge step forward as well. And then they also, in their second round uh, of the draft, they took C.D. Lamb. So now they have three talented wide receivers all in the mix for targets. Will Dak continue to rise the way that he did or will he fall back a little bit? The jury's still out. I don't think there's enough targets to go around to make Amari Cooper that uh, that valuable to your team that you need to be taking him as your wide receiver one do not do it he's a fringe wide receiver two at best in my opinion there are a lot better options for your team at this point in the draft so my opinion don't don't get don't get fooled by the amari cooper hype Alright, this next guy I wavered on. I went back and forth, back and forth, and it was between him and Miles Sanders as to who made this list, and that's Aaron Jones. My first thought, like I said, was to put Miles Sanders here. However, Jones is the one with the murkier situation. As much as I feel that Philadelphia can't be trusted, there's, they, they've put nobody on the team that's, that looks like they're going to compete with Sanders. What did the Packers do? <laughs> well, the Packers went ahead and drafted a a running back in A.J. Dillon in the second round of the draft. What, what made Aaron Jones rise to this uh, draft position? Well, last year he had an insane amount of, of touchdowns, and he made a lot of plays. Um, he, he turned all, some, uh, nothing into something a lot of the time. That You can't count on that year in and year out there is most certainly going to be some touchdown regression and i do believe that his touches are in jeopardy with dylan now in the mix jamal williams is also still there and he catches passes so i'm very very worried that green bay is going to employ a very committee like approach which matt lafleur always favored look at what he did in tennessee with he had derrick henry there who was clearly better than deon lewis now look at what Tennessee is doing with uh, Derrick Henry uh, carrying the rock on a regular basis. That's all you really need to know. In a nutshell, Aaron Jones' 2019 season reminds me very much of Devontae Freeman's campaign in 2015. He blew the doors off of everybody, ran over and through people, and put up numbers that made your eyes pop out. However, he never came close to duplicating that. Because of his usage, coming back the next year, Kyle Shanahan went right back to Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman uh, splitting the load. I think that's going to happen here. I'm telling you guys, do not fall in love with last year's circumstance. It will bite you in the ass. Last but not least, I mentioned this in a previous podcast regarding the Buccaneers, that Tom Brady typically does not support two top 10 wide receivers. So that leaves either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin on the precipice of being a colossal bust, honestly, in my opinion. I'm going to go with Mike Evans here, as Godwin is expected to work primarily out of the slot and figures to, in my mind at least, take over the Julian Edelman role in in the Bruce Arians offense. Evans is a sensational talent. Great hands and, and good speed, but so is Josh Gordon. Brandon Cooks and any other downfield threat that you could come up with who's played with New England for the past 20 years. Randy Moss is the only one who put up any numbers of noteworthy, and he is an all-time great wide receiver. Evans finished last season as the wide receiver 13, with Jameis Winston throwing the ball all over the place as the Bucks were in catch-up mode for pretty much most of the season. That will not happen this year under Brady. So, Evans will undoubtedly have some value for your team i I can't say that i doubt that really but taken as a fringe wide receiver one i think it's way too rich and risky for my blood i would rather have somebody else a little bit more stable i would go with a running back in that range anyway uh, as i like the running backs that fall around where evans is going you have your Kenyon drakes um, sometimes joe mixon will will drop that far Uh, josh jacobs is another guy So there are running backs that are available at that point in the draft that I would rather kind of hang my hat on, if you will. Well, there you have it, folks. Four sleepers, four breakouts, and four busts. Draft season is upon us now. The league is in high gear, getting ready for uh, the, the first week of the NFL season. I cannot wait things are looking good the opt-out list is kind of growing a little bit as i mentioned with damian williams we're going to have to keep our eye on that to see how that affects things moving forward i will go over more of that um, on the radio show on friday as the list would be updated and it should be closed by then as the deadline is set for um, tomorrow with that said keep your eye on who is and isn't playing it could affect other players if somebody opts out, like a Damian Williams, then that shoots Clyde Edwards-Alaire to a number one draft status. Keep that in mind. You need to keep look at it every single day, especially if your draft is coming up soon rather than later. The more informed you are, the better off you're going to be on draft day. Don't get caught drafting a player that opted out because the platform you're using did not update it. Do your own due diligence especially if you're in a money league. You don't want to cost yourself money by not preparing. Just another piece of advice. I got caught doing that several years back. I drafted a guy who was suspended and didn't even realize it. So it's just something you want to keep in the back of your mind so that you don't get caught doing it. Once again, I thank everybody for their continued support and encouragement and feedback. I've had a record number of downloads the past three weeks and I can't thank you guys enough I am am pleased that you enjoy the podcast and if there's anything that I can do better please let me know hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll or send me an email knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com and again continue to stay safe while this pandemic hopefully starts to wind down do what you need to do for your friends, your family, and yourself. And I do want to thank Kevin, Chris, and Temmy, of course, for the musical intro and outro. And of course, continue to do everything that you can do to dominate your lives.